It was after a church service in Raleigh that I was talking to one of the men down around the front and he was telling me, Pastor, I've been to the doctor. They've run all kind of tests. They've done everything they know to do and there's been no reports. The doctor have, has not come back to me with what is wrong and what the situation is. He said, but I made up my mind. The next time I see him, I'm gonna ask him, what did the blood say? I've come to tell you tonight, there's a lot of voices in this world, but they're all defeated, dominated by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what the blood said. The blood said you're forgiven. The blood said he loves you. The blood said he's gonna give you the victory. The blood said your past is over. The blood said your today is promised. Clap your hands and praise God for the broken body and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And everybody said amen. amen. We're standing here tonight by the right and the power, the authority of the blood of Jesus Christ. There used to be something that folks used to do years ago that we probably ought to develop a greater habit of doing it again. And that is they simply said, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Whenever you're in a tight spot, just plead the blood. Would you give the Lord another hand clap of praise right now? On behalf of my wife and myself, I want to say what a wonderful time we've had these last few days visiting with the Gilberts and enjoying renewal of friendship and fellowship and rehearsing the blessings of God on our lives through the years. And we're so thankful for the kindness of the Lord. And also to be able to preach to this great church. And I'm excited about what I feel, what I sense, and what I see, and the unlimited potential that is before you this afternoon. I'm thrilled to tell you that God has set before this church an open door that no man can shut. And everybody said amen. Turn your Bibles please to Acts chapter 12. We'll go right to the word of the Lord. Acts chapter 12. And we'll be reading tonight beginning with verse 14. Thank you again to your pastor, to your bishop, for their kind generosity and hospitality. It has been five star, and we're grateful for it. Better than it has to be, and we've enjoyed every moment of it. Thank you for every gesture of kindness, every response to the word of the Lord, and your words of encouragement. Acts chapter 12, verse number 14. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Now I know this was a prayer group and I know they were having a prayer meeting but I'm gonna be honest with you tonight I don't think I, I want this bunch praying for me. 
If I was in prison facing execution, I don't think I'd put a lot of confidence in people that prayed, but yet they were totally astonished when God answered their prayer. Somebody shout amen. In the King James Version of the Bible, you will find that the verse that says when they had opened the door, verse 16, when it says, but continue, he continued knocking, and when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. In the King James Version of that scripture, you will notice the words, the door, are in italics. They are in italics, which means if it's written in italics, it was added by the translators for clarification, and it can be left out without doing damage to the original content or text. So you could read it like this, when they had opened, when they had opened, they saw him and were astonished. I preach to you tonight in our pursuit, our profiling, our posturing, our placing of the body of Christ to that highest pinnacle of perfection where we can receive from God. That's what we've been doing in the word of the Lord, moving a little closer to that perfect place where God can do his complete work in our lives. May I ask this church tonight, are you really in a position where you're passionate, where you're desperate, you're not satisfied, you're not content, but you know there is a place of greater blessing that you have not been to yet. You know there's a greater revival. You know there's greater miracles. Clap your hands and tell God you want to get there. So in all of my tra privileged travels throughout the fellowship, I am convinced that that last piece is the missing ingredient for divine intervention. I want to preach about the missing, the missing ingredient for divine intervention. I believe the Lord wants to show himself strong in behalf of those whose hearts are perfect toward him. And I, the word perfect there does not mean that you're flawless. It means you're mature in the Lord. Those that are hungry for him, he wants to show himself strong in behalf of the people of the name. Clap your hands one more time before you're seated. You might ought to keep that closed. Last night I showered the crowd. <laughs> I don't want to sprinkle the audience like I did last night. We might ought to keep the lid on this. And if I need a drink, I will pause long enough to take the lid off. God bless you. You may be seated. When they had opened... I don't think it's unique with me. I think it's part of the ministry. Sometimes when we get into the word of the Lord, we get hung up on particular passages, particular chapters. And for some time now in my pursuit of God and in my preaching, I have referenced Acts chapter 12 and innumerable many, many times. I feel like it is exactly the same place where this modern day church is, is where the apostolic church was in the 12th chapter of the book of Acts, that we are in similar scenario to them as they were in the book of Acts in the 12th chapter. And yet we find ourselves in a parallel profile. I want you to notice quickly everything that I mentioned that was there 
is with us right now. They had passion. They had promise. They had prophecy. They had prayer. They had praise. They were perfectly placed to receive the divine intervention from God. And yet there was one thing missing. There was one thing seemingly left out. And that is what we will preach about tonight. I will show you in the Bible that they were in a position in their minds, in their hearts, in their spirit, in their faith, they were shut down. They were closed to what God wanted to do for them. It was greater than they could imagine. It was more than they could ever anticipate. And so because of that, they were struggling with passion on them, with promise on them, with prophecy on them, with prayer on them, and praise everything you would think you need to have a mighty move of God. But there was one missing ingredient that we will emphasize tonight. I pause long enough just to say this. Knowing the iconic history of this church, knowing the foundation of it, knowing the apostolic continuance of it. Without doubt, this room is filled tonight with unfulfilled prophecy. Looming over this room tonight are words that were spoken by men of God from this platform in various meetings at various times under the influence of the Holy Ghost and they spoke about what God would do here and what God wanted to do here. I'm here to tell you, those prophecies are not dead. Those prophecies are still alive. Those promises are still alive. But somehow we must tonight reach a place where we are open to it. I will show you that the Apostle Peter nor the New Testament church was opened to the miraculous thing that God wanted to do. First of all, Peter was in prison. He thought it was over. There was no way out. The angel of the Lord visited him, escorted him out, and brought him to the place of deliverance. And when he got outside, the Bible said that Peter thought he saw a vision. He was so sure that there was no way he could get out of this. He was bound, he was captivated, he was incarcerated. Soldiers were around him, 16 soldiers, chains and walls and prison walls and guards. There's no way I'm gonna get out of this. Until when he stepped outside, felt the cool breeze in his face, he slapped his cheeks and said, man, I must be dreaming. This is absolutely too good to be true. Let me say this with you tonight. Songwriter helped me out recently when he said, it's not too good to be true. It's too good to not be true. God wants you to slap your face and say, man, I, this is amazing. This is phenomenal. What God, God's about to do some stuff that's gonna shock you, startle you, and awaken you to a praise you've never known. Would you give yourself a praise and praise, give him a praise and prepare your heart for it? So I know Peter was closed because when he got outside, he said he thought he saw a vision, thought he was dreaming. This can't be true. And I don't know why in the world he, has, he was struggling so hard because it was already prophesied that he would not be killed by this man. The Bible had already, Jesus gave him the prophecy that he told him how he would die. It wasn't this way and it wasn't now. But yet he had a hard time conceiving and being conceived in his heart and mind that this could actually really happen. 
So when he gets out, he runs to the prayer group. He's at the door pounding. Thank God there's one little girl in there, a young lady by the name of Rhoda. She's praying and she's listening. She's not just praying, but she's listening. And she hears the knock at the door. And she's thinking, you know what? This might be the answer to our prayer. This might just be what we're asking God to do. I'm glad that not everybody's just praying. I'm glad there's some folks that are praying and listening. They're praying and they're listening, believing that this may be my answer. This could be the day. This could be the moment. I want to tell you, I don't know how many times the miracle has come to our door. I don't know how many times the supernatural has knocked at our lives. And because it was so far-fetched, so far-flung, we felt that it can't be. This can't be happening. But to those that are open, there will be a phenomenal manifestation, presentation, and demonstration of the power of God. So the Bible said she recognized Peter's voice. And she ran back to the prayer meeting. And of course, the way apostolics pray, she had a hard time getting their attention. They're just screaming. They're pounding. They're praying. They're hollering. And she said, hey! They're just going at it. I imagine if, if she'd have been able to do what I'm about to do, she might have got their attention. You know, They're making so much ruckus praying that she can't get their attention. Finally, she goes, Hey, hold up a minute. Peter is at the door. Now, I read it to you right out of the Bible. Praying people said, thou art mad. They said, you are absolutely crazy, honey. Don't you know that's why we're praying? He is in jail. That's why we're praying. He's locked up. That's why we're praying. He, that's, that's impossible. That, that's ridiculous to say that he is at the door. And the Bible said when she saw him, this is another good picture of Pentecostals. When she saw him, she was so glad that she opened not the door. <laughs> she opened not the door for gladness. In other words, she'd rather shout than let the miracle in. She'd rather run the aisles than let the miracle in. Hey, I want you to run the aisles tonight. I want you to dance. I want you to shout. I want you to be happy. But somebody needs to open the door and let the supernatural power of God come into this place tonight and let God do the phenomenal. Man, I've heard it preached. I've heard it preached. I've heard it preached. Bishop, I've heard it preached. Just preach, preach, preach. You know, they prayed without ceasing. They prayed without ceasing. They prayed without ceasing. I got a little revelation on that too. Not only did they pray without ceasing, they prayed without believing. It's one thing to pray without ceasing, but it's something else to pray without believing. I don't want to just pray. I want to believe. I want to be open to what I'm asking God to do. He can do it. So he's at the door. She's trying to get their attention. He's here, I'm telling you. He's here. Finally, they said, okay. It gets worse. And they say, oh, no. Dear God, heaven forbid. 
It's his angel. They have killed him. It is his angel that is at the door. In other words, they thought they've already killed him. It's dead. He's gone. It's over. Now, they're praying for him to be delivered, remind you. They're praying for him to be delivered. But when the, he shows up, they say it's his angel. Can I tell you tonight, some people are too, too spooky and too spiritual to have revival. They're too spiritual and they're too spooky to have revival. I'm going to make this very simple tonight and tell this church. There is nothing missing from the most dynamic move of God from your personal miracle, from a supernatural demonstration, from the power of God filling this building to overflow, except one thing, and that is us becoming open to the thought that God can and will do it. That God can and will do it. There's a miracle in this room for you tonight. If you'll just halfway open up to it and say, you know what? It may be that God's going to heal me. It may be that God will fill me with the Holy Ghost. It could be that this is the Easter, that we break our all-time attendance record. Somebody's got to be open to what God wants to do. Somebody shout amen. amen. Thank you, brother. I love the voice of those new saints. I knew that was a new convert. That voice wasn't very hoarse. <laughs> I love it. Didn't the book say even a child shall lead them? We got to be open to it. Everybody say be open to it. I'm going to get ahead of myself right now, but I want to come on down with it because I feel this is a strong word for this church. Just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it won't happen. Just because you haven't received it doesn't mean you're not going to receive it. Just because you've never seen it doesn't mean you can't see it. Just because it's not a part of our history doesn't mean it can't be a part of our present. God wants to do what's never been done. God wants to do what's never been seen. God wants to do what's greater than you could ever imagine. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we may ask or even think according to his power that worketh within us. Lift your hands and ask him for something right now that's greater than you've ever seen. You may be seated. I'm telling you, you don't need to be limited by your past. You don't need to be limited by your yesterday. You don't need to be limited by your past experience. God's got a revelation. God's got a revival. God's got a supernatural move. That's greater than you could ever imagine. But somebody's just got to be open to the idea that it can happen. Lift your voice and shout, it can happen. In 2 Kings chapter 7, 1 and 2, we read. Then Elisha said, hear you the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow, about this time. I've always enjoyed the fact he didn't say exactly at 12, 13 tomorrow. He said it's going to be about this time. About this time tomorrow shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel 
two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of the of Samaria. You got to understand what a tremendous contrast, contradiction that was to their present circumstance. They were in starvation mode. They were in famine mode. And what he was predicting would be something like this. Ladies and gentlemen, I have an announcement to make tonight right here in Denison, Texas. Tomorrow, gas will be 75 cents a gallon. A loaf of bread's gonna be 25 cents. Houses are gonna be sold for 35,000. That's about the way it was. Read on. Then a Lord, on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God. Everybody say he thought he was a big shot. He thought he was a big shot. And said, behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? Total sarcasm. Total closed-mindedness. Never can happen. No way this is going to be. This is illogical. It is stupid. This is crazy. It will never happen. And then he said, might this thing happen if there were windows in heaven? Like, there ain't no windows in heaven. It ain't gonna happen. It's crazy. And then the prophet said, you shall see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. I've come to preach to this church tonight. You got a decision to make. You can either see it and be a part of it or you can watch somebody else have it. Because what I'm preaching to you tonight is going to happen. Whether it happens in Denison or not is up to you. It's going to happen. This apostolic church is going to be blessed in measures greater than we could ever believe. For somebody that says it may be far out, it may be ridiculous, but I'm open to the fact that with God, all things are possible. Hey, pastor, I don't want to hear about revival and not have revival. I don't want to hear about churches growing and blowing and having mighty moves of God and packing out their buildings and having two services and parking lots jammed and people lined up to be baptized and I'm sitting here on the same old nothing that I've been here for years. I'm trying to challenge a church to say it doesn't just happen in Houston. It doesn't just happen in Alexandria. It doesn't just happen in California. It can happen in Denison, Texas if somebody will be open to it. Open your mind, open your heart, open your faith, open your vision. Somebody shout, yes. Shout, I'm open to it. You may be seated. So he said, might this thing be if there were windows in heaven? To him, that was ridiculously far flung like a fairy tale, some fantasy carrying a security blanket, whistling in the dark, rubbing some magic lamp. Stupid. Can't happen. Well, he found out there were windows in heaven. 
And I'm a wordsmith. I like words. I don't profess to be the best, but I love words. He said, could this thing be if there were windows in heaven? Well, he found out there were windows in heaven. But I want to remind you, windows is an Old Testament terminology. Windows is of the Old Testament. The New Testament church does not have a window. He said, I set before you an open door. The Old Testament had windows. The New Testament has doors. The difference in windows and doors is windows are for visibility. Doors are for accessibility. Gotta clear my track. I'm here to preach to you. This is not about visibility. It's about accessibility. Because of the blood. Because of the blood. We don't just stand out and look inside. We get to walk right in to the glory and the power and the beauty of the spirit of almighty God. Somebody shout yes. There's a door in front of this church. And no man can shut it. I may be shooting ghosts and, 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 and shadow boxing. You may be seeing, but I got to say something right here. Don't anybody in this church, I don't care how long you've been here, I don't care if you gave the first $50 to start the offering, I don't care if your family paid for this building. I don't know nothing about what I'm talking about. I don't care if you bought all the chairs. I don't care who you think you are. I want to rise up and preach tonight. Ain't nobody going to stop God's blessing on this church. Don't ever think you can threaten that pastor. Don't ever think you can threaten God. And say, if I didn't come to that church, there wouldn't be a church. If I, didn't, if I wasn't there, there would. Hey, I got news for you. This church is going to have revival with you or without you. I want you to be in on it. I'd like to have a couple saints run the aisles right now and let somebody know we're going to have revival no matter who comes or no matter who leaves because it's God's promise. Somebody shout, I'm open to it. I'm open to it. I want you to shout this, this church, excuse the North Carolina verbiage, but this church ain't as big as I want it to be. I don't want to be in a little church. I don't want to be a part of a little church. I want this to be the church of Denison. When they say church, I want them to say true church. When they say pastor, I want them to say pastor Gilbert. When they say how to be saved, I want them to quote Acts 2.38. Come on. Let's get open to the fact we can take this town. We can take this town. We can take this town. (laughs) 
You may see y'all wearing me out. The Bible said in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, today, forever. Here's what I got to get across to you tonight. What that verse is saying, anything he's ever done before, he can do it again. Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, was God, wasn't God's lucky day. It wasn't just happened, the wind was blowing the right direction. It didn't happen, it just the things fell in order and everything, stars got in line and 3,000 filled with the Holy Ghost. No, 5,000 filled with the Holy Ghost. After a while, it said multitudes filled with the Holy Ghost. It wasn't just a lucky day for God. If He's ever done it before, He can do it again. As a matter of fact, somebody researched and proved that all the miracles in the book of Acts that took 30 to 100 years, I'm not exactly sure, 30 to 100 years the book of Acts was written. Took all those years. It happened in the United Pentecostal Church in less than a month. For the church to go back to the book of Acts tonight would be for it to backslide. I thought that might get your attention. Because God's doing more now. The latter days shall be greater than the former. In the evening time there shall be light where sin doth abound. Grace doth much more abound. Everybody shout if he's done it before. He'll do it again. If he's ever done it anywhere else. This is a sticker. If he's ever done it anywhere else, if he's ever done it anywhere else, he can do it in Denison, Texas. You're not less than Alexandria. You're not less than Houston. You're not less than California. That's not holy ground. It's not special to God. What he did there, he will do here. And this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. If he's ever done it for anybody else, he can do it for me. In other words, what I've got to convince you of tonight is this. You say, not me. Everybody shout, not me. I shout, oh yeah, you. You say, not here. I say, right here. You say, not now. I say right now, I say right now, I say right now. You're not five years from revival. You're not 10 years from revival. Say not ye there four months and come of the harvest. It's right now. You may be seated. Everybody shout all things are possible. Let's see if you believe that. When I was a little preacher, young preacher, young man, little guy in North Carolina, one of our preachers told this story. He was on his way to preach somewhere and his car ran out of fuel. Of course, this was before 
cell service and cell phones. And he was desolate and destitute, trying to get to a place to preach. Had no fuel. He said, didn't know what in the world to do. True story, and I'm not making it up. Like the little boy said, I'm not just preaching. The little boy asked his dad on the way home from church. He said, Dad, did that really happen, or were you just preaching? I'm not just preaching. This really happened. They were on their way home from church, and, and, uh, and the little boy said, Damn, yeah, it happened. I, well, I'm going to make sure you weren't just preaching. I'm not just preaching. It happened. He said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm destitute. He had a bucket, and he, he heard there was a, a creek water flowing. He went down there, filled that bucket up with water. All right, we're going to have a faith check here tonight. He filled that buck, bucket up with water. He came back, opened the gas can, opened the gas tank, poured that water into the gas tank. Don't try this unless God speaks to you. He poured a gallon or so in that gas tank of water and he stepped back, put the cap on and said, God, if you can turn water into wine, you can turn water into fuel. He said he got in there, fired that thing up, drove off. Well, I lost some of you on that one. But you see, I, I'm open to the fact that I think God can just do anything. I just think, I just think he can do anything. There ain't nobody he can't save. There ain't nobody he can't heal. There ain't no church he can't bless. There is no miracle he can't perform. If somebody would just say, you know what? I think it can happen. You may be seated. I'll preach just a few more minutes. Church shout, I'm open to it. I felt of the Lord as I was worshiping here tonight and we were taking communion. Communion profiles the church, projects the church, places the church back into the body of Christ where we're supposed to be. In other words, we are at an all-time high of connection with God right now. We're at an all-time high of connection with the Lord right now. This may be as close to God as this church will ever get because you just had communion. The Bible said, let a man examine himself and drink. When I was a kid, they used to have, we used to have communion and half the church wouldn't take it. Goes on down in that verse, it says, if you drink it unworthily, you drink it to yourself, damnation. And a bunch of them said, I don't know about that. Oh, I may not be just where I need to be with God. I ain't gonna do that. Thinking they were holy and spiritual. That's not what the Bible said. The Bible said, let a man examine himself and drink. In other words, the purpose of communion is to bring you to a place where you repent before God and you make it right with God. Then you're qualified to be blessed by God. All things are possible. I'll hit the story quickly, but in 1 Samuel chapter 14, the Bible tell, tells about how Jonathan, his servant, if you'll read it, you'll find out what really was going on there. They were between a rock and a hard place. They were between a rock and a hard place. And there was a garrison of Philistines before them. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, get behind me. And he pronounced three powerful words. He said, it may be that the Lord will work for us. Three powerful words. He said, it may be, follow me. We're gonna attack the enemy on three words. It may 
be. What he was walking on was the power of a possibility. It was just the power of a possibility. He said, it may be. And the Bible said they killed so many men in just a short matter of time that the earth shook. There was an earthquake and everybody around there knew something dynamic was going on. There was a great earth shaking because two men decided it may be that God will work for us. You don't need to see an angel from heaven. You don't need to see lightning zigzag down with your name in it. You don't need some supernatural manifestation. All you need is to step out on the word of God and say, you know what? It may be God will heal me tonight. It may be that God will fill me with the Holy Ghost tonight. It may be that God would deliver me tonight. I'm open to the thought that it may be. It could happen. Clap your hands and shout, it could happen. Turn around, shake hands with somebody, say it could happen. You can be healed tonight, it could happen. You could be delivered tonight, it could be happened. Your family could be saved tonight, it could happen. There's a miracle waiting in this room tonight for somebody that will say, I'm just open to it. I'm just open to it. In my estimation, next to Jesus Christ, who was the God-man, who was the Word in flesh, who was the illustration of perfect faith, who said, destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. What a statement of faith. Jesus was perfect faith. My second person of great faith in the Bible, I think perhaps was the greatest person of faith in the Holy Writ, that was Mary, the mother of Jesus. Just a 16, 18 year old teenage girl. The angel of the Lord said, Mary, you're highly favored. God has chosen you to bring to the world a savior. She said, how can this be seeing? I know not a man. He said, the power of the highest shall overshadow you. The Holy Ghost is gonna come on you, Mary. And a Savior is going to be born through your relationship with God. I want to tell you, if we'll get enough Holy Ghost on us, we won't need human connection. Mary said, I don't know a man. How can this happen? You get enough Holy Ghost on you, anything can happen. And let me meddle just a minute and say, those of you that's single, maybe perhaps single ladies, they're 19, not married, they think they're going to be old maids. Ain't going to ever get married. I got a word for you. You don't have to be married to be blessed by God. Mary said, I know not a man. I ain't no problem. The Holy Ghost is gonna come on you. And when that Holy Ghost comes on you, it's gonna overshadow you and there's something miraculous gonna, I'd like to see the Holy Ghost overshadow some people tonight. see the Holy Ghost overshadow this church to where people out on 75 would start turning in here saying what in the world's going on? There's a glory cloud over that church. There's a fire on top of that church. It could happen. Mary, 
you're chosen, you're favored of God. Mary, God is inviting you to be a part of something that has never been done. It's easy for us to believe God for stuff that has been done. We can believe God for healing, we've seen it. We can believe God for financial supply, we've seen it. We can believe God for people to get the Holy Ghost, we've seen it. But Mary, God's asking you to be a part of something you ain't never seen before. That you can give birth to a son of God through the supernatural conception of the Holy Spirit over you. That you'll do something that ain't never, ever been done. I wonder if God could challenge this church in Denison tonight. Are you ready to rise up as a unified body and say we believe that not only can God do what he has done, but God can do what never has been done. Never has been done. But it gets even greater. And Mary, God's asking you to be a part of something that not only has it never been done, it will never be duplicated. It will never, ever happen again. In all of history, it will never, ever happen again. Can this church rise tonight to a level of faith to believe that God could do something in Denison that not only has never, ever been done, but it won't be done again? I'm taking a deep water tonight. I'll never forget preaching a camp meeting in Mississippi years ago. Uh, myself and a couple other guys were preaching at camp meeting, and it was such a tremendous response to that camp meeting. The superintendent said, we're going to do something that's never been done. We're going to take Sunday off, uh, Saturday off in the camp meeting Friday night. We're going to take Saturday off, and we're going to come back Sunday night to continue this camp meeting. A statewide camp meeting. He said, to my knowledge, it has never, ever been done. But we're going to do it. And so I remember having lunch that day with a superintendent and some preachers, and it was time for us to come back for Sunday night church. And the superintendent was as nervous as he could be. He thought, man, there may not be anybody there tonight. The tabernacle had been packed out. He thought, you know, this may have been me and not God. I don't know. But when we started down Raymond Drive, where the campground is in Mississippi, the traffic was backed up for at least one mile trying to get into the campground parking lots. I remember the joy and the exuberance and the thrill that came over that district superintendent when he saw it wasn't just me. It was a God thing. What never had been done before actually happened. And we ran the camp meeting on to Wednesday night. I want you to jump to your feet right now and shout, I'm open to it. I just believe God can do it. I just, I'm open to the fact that God can do what we've never seen done. Lift your hands and shout, I'm open to it. Lift your hands and shout, I believe it can happen.
Quit disqualifying yourself. Quit counting yourself unworthy. Quit saying, well, it happened, didn't happen for my brother. It can't happen for me. Quit saying it didn't happen over yonder. What makes you think it happened here? God's looking for somebody that's open to it. Somebody that would just say, you know what? It could happen. It could happen. You need a miracle in your body? Lift your hands right now and say, it could happen. You need a deliverance? Lift your hands right now and say, it could happen. You need the Holy Ghost tonight? Lift your hands and say, it could happen. You're backslidden away from God. You've let your consecration go, your dedication go. What All you've got to do tonight is step out of that aisle, walk to the front and say, I believe it could happen right now. God can forgive me. God will forgive me. God will renew me. God will refill me. I wish somebody lift their hands and say, I'm believing it right now. All you have to do is be open to it. Just be open to it. Just be open to it. Folks are going to start flowing down. When they start flowing down, lay your hand beside them. Take their hand and say, I'm agreeing with you tonight. It may seem like something ridiculous. It may seem far out. But I'm telling you, God is here to do the supernatural. Take somebody by the hand. Walk to the front and tell them, it could happen tonight. It could happen right now. It could happen to you. It could happen in Denison. I feel a heavy weight of the Holy Ghost. I feel a strong witness of the Spirit. I feel God's given this church a chance. God's given this church an unprecedented opportunity. If you just rise up in faith and say, you know what? It could happen. It could happen. People you've been praying for for years could receive the Holy Ghost this Easter. People you never thought would come through these doors are going to sit on these chairs this Easter. People you thought you never would see baptized are going to be baptized. People you thought never would be saved are going to be saved. If this church would just lift your hands right now and say, God, we're open to it. We're open to it. Let it happen here. Let it take place here. We're ready for it, Lord. Lift your hands right now. You could begin to speak in tongues. Lift your hands right now. You could be healed. Lift your hands right now. You could be delivered. crowd. Lay your hands on some people. There's folks here ready to pray through tonight. 